Welcome to another episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. I'm writing solo this week, but I've got a lot to talk about. We are going to discuss the Nazis and the transphobes getting together on the steps of Victorian Parliament last week. A lot to unpack there. We've got Christian Lives Matter protesters also popping up all over the place. The Indigenous Voice to Parliament, they've just released the text that's going to be on the referendum. And over in the US, they want to ban TikTok, uh, which is a nightmare for someone like me who might want to one day actually crack into the US market. But before we get onto that, let me just mention that I've got shows coming up at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, 30th of March to the 23rd of April. Then I'm at the Sydney Comedy Festival, 4th to the 5th of May. I'll be in Darwin the 13th of May. Brisbane the 25th to the 28th of May. And then the Gold Coast on the 3rd of June. Come check me out live. And if none of those cities are places that you live in, I've got a special that's out now on YouTube. Just put it out uh, last night and people seem to be liking it. So if you want to get in there and comment and like and share so that the algorithm gods recommend it to other people, that would be fantastic. Before we get into today's episode, let's play the best intro music in the business and then I'll be back with the show. Welcome back to another episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. I might be a bit distracted in this week's episode only because uh, my adoring, lovely wife has just cooked a lamb rogan josh and it smells absolutely delicious. She's very good at making curries. So good that a friend of ours recently tasted one of her curries and said, oh, is this uh, an, a family recipe? Now, if you need to know anything about my wife, uh, she's, she's not Indian. She is um, 100% Ashkenazi Jew, like just white. But that's how good her curry was that some people thought that it was a family recipe. Some people thought there was uh, Indian heritage in her family. That's how good it was. And we had to explain to that friend that no, um, her great-grandmother wasn't cooking up lamb rogan josh uh, in the shtetls of East Poland in the 1920s. As much as they loved the Star of David, there was no Star in East in those households. Which is a joke I just thought of now, and I think it's pretty funny. But let's get into the news of this week, because there's so much going on. We've got... Nazis and transphobes coming together, creating the new fuckwit Venn diagram this week. So if you've uh, taken the week off watching the news, congratulations. I'll catch you up to speed. Basically, there's this uh, transphobic lady, Turf is what she's sometimes called. I don't know her actual name. Her name is like Kelly J. Keen, some something like that. 
She has a pseudonym, Posey Parker. And the irony of someone who's transphobic uh, identifying differently is clearly lost on her. But this person, Kelly J. Parker or Posey Parker, whatever she, she calls herself, she's been doing this uh, tour of the country, I guess, where she uh, stands outside the steps of uh, parliament or in a public place uh, with a microphone and a speaker and just yells things about transgender people and it's all under the guise of protecting women and protecting women's spaces. But I think that's just a ruse. I think that she just doesn't like transgender people and and likes just making a name for herself on the internet and in front of the cameras. So she hosted a rally, I guess, in Melbourne and first of all, this, she's going around. My big gripe with her organizer, her planner, is that they, they host all these things out these things outdoors. They're not getting indoor venues. Uh, if she's basically just a lady standing on the street yelling. Now, if you want to see someone standing on the street yelling, you can just walk around the CBD at any time of day or night, and you'll see people who are. Um, clearly mentally unwell, people on methamphetamines, having quite robust conversations with themselves in public without the need for a microphone. They're just out on the streets just just yelling uh, anything that pops into their head. And to, and to be quite honest with you, a lot of it makes more sense than the things that uh, Posey Parker is putting forth. She's uh, terrified of uh, of transgender women uh, competing in women's sports. Uh, that's a huge concern for her. Even though I looked it up recently, I think there's like maybe th- three transgender women competing in women's sports in the whole world, something like that. But it's a huge issue and it's something that um, takes up a lot of space in, in her mind and a lot of transphobic people's minds. So she's just doing all these events outdoors, which is just... Poor planning, if you ask me. First of all, in Melbourne, you know what they say about Melbourne. Four seasons in one day in Melbourne. What if it rains? What if it rains, Posey? Then what are you going to do? On top of that, I can relate to the difficulties of performing outdoors. I've just come from the Adelaide Fringe, where my venue was an outdoor shipping container in a park. And I stood inside the shipping container and the audience sat on the park in in chairs and they, they listened to me. Uh, yell at them through a microphone. Now, it actually was quite fun. However, there are challenges with performing outdoors and speaking outdoors. You got to compete with hovering helicopters. You got to compete with uh, possums. Uh, I had one show where a, a magpie perched herself on top of the shipping container, and the reason why I noticed it was because the entire crowd, instead of watching me, I just saw their. Uh, eye contact drift up to the top right corner of the shipping container. My point being is that you've got all these challenges when you're speaking outdoors, but for some reason, Posey Parker has decided to just host all these insane events, speaking events on the steps of parliament. I mean, presumably she couldn't find a place to host her, I presume. For whatever reason though, she's just outdoors. And as a result, she's getting... Uh, she's competing with the elements because people are turning up in droves to shout her down and um, uh, 
you know, yell at her and call her uh, transphobe and all sorts of insults, which are all, I think, quite justified. But not only that, not only are, are transphobic people, to, uh, not only are the, the trans activists turning up to uh, shout her down, uh, she's also competing with uh, Nazis turning up and stealing the spotlight. So in Melbourne last week, uh, maybe like 20, 30 uh, Nazis turned up to the event and uh, started doing their Heil Hitlers, marching around, and the police had to set up a barricade between the 20 or 30 Nazis and the trans activists. Now, uh, I don't know how I feel about this, because I think, I understand that you do need like a police presence at these types of things to to keep the peace. But what I would say here is that maybe in this instance, the police could have just like taken a day off and just let the ruckus occur. Because I looked at the numbers, there was like 20 or 30 Nazis and a couple hundred trans activists. And I'm pr- I would, I'd bet that the trans activists would probably win in a fight i just of sheer weight of numbers they've got more people on their side i think they would win i understand by the way i I was seeing some of these nazis on camera they're looking trim they're looking lean these guys do look strong they are hitting the gym like i don't really want to subscribe to their political ideology but i do want to subscribe to their supplement regime because they're looking good they, they do look strong, and I imagine that each one of them could take a few trans activists in a fight. Because I did see the trans activists, I, I believe in their ideology, and I support their courage and, and what they're doing, but they're not physically the strongest people. I, I mean, I don't want to cast aspersions, and I don't want to do this hack cliche thing, but I just think there's probably a lot of vegans in that group. I'm just not sure if they would have the iron required to individually beat up a Nazi. But I think as a collective, absolutely, they'll be able to take them. So I wish the police just took took a day off and just said, oh, we're just going to let these two people clash, these two sides clash, let them fight it out, and we'll just... And whoever wins is right and that's the way to sort this stuff out so that's my solution to it all that's my final solution to the nazi problem as a result of all this uh, these nazis have turned up they're doing their heil hitler salutes uh victoria has decided in the last few months to a few months ago they decided to ban the swastika and for some reason, they didn't ban the, the Hitler salute. It seems like a bit of an oversight. If you're going to ban the swastika, maybe like also do you know, the white supremacist salute because that's kind of just as, as bad. But now Dan Andrews has come out and, and tweeted, yeah, we're going we're gonna to ban the Hitler salute as well, which I think is probably a good thing. I will say this, that how are you going to legislate that? Like, how do you know when something becomes a white supremacist salute? Like, we all know, yeah, you hold up your hand and you've got, and you're pointing your fingers out. Obviously, that's a, that's a salute. But I, I know a lot of people who, like, if they're checking their nails, they will 
you know, extend the fingers to get a good look at their nails. And I guess every now and again, you might hold them up to the light to get a really good, good view of the nails in the glint of the sunlight. And I'm just saying that could really um, cause some issues for people who are simply just checking their nails. Next thing you know, they're in jail for 12 years for doing the Hitler salute. I'm just saying it might be hard to actually get that in writing. Like, do it, get it done, but there's just going to be some perhaps logistical reasons why it might be a challenge. And and can I also just add to this discussion is that even with the swastika ban, there is some sort of ambiguity around it because, as many of you might already know, the swastika symbol was appropriated, misappropriated by the Nazis um, from Buddhism. So I believe it's like a Buddhist or, or, and sometimes in Hinduism, I think it's used. Um, It's a symbol that's used in that religion, that culture. In fact, if if you ever go to Japan, I was in uh, Tokyo a few years ago, they've got maps all around the streets of Japan. And on the maps... It has the Buddhist temples in your area. And each Buddhist temple is identified on the map by that symbol. It looks like a swastika, but of, of course it's not. And, and that's just a good thing to know before you go to Japan. Because if you go to Japan and you're not aware of that, you're going to look at a map of Tokyo and be like, oh, I've got to get the fuck out of here. So that's just a bit of advice if you ever do go to Japan. My point being is that this uh, symbol, which of course is uh, now a symbol of hate and associated with this Nazi regime, wasn't always that. In fact, my brother was telling me this story. That so my brother he um, works in Adelaide and he was and he manages um, uh, cleaning duties for a lot of venues like schools and large and stadiums and things like that. So. He's at a school one day and his staff turn up to, to clean a school and he's managing the logistics of that. And a lady turned up. She um, was an Indian lady and she was quite young, like 19. Had only been in the country for maybe a year or so. She turned up with what looked like uh, a swastika drawn literally on her forehead. You know, like if you've seen Inglorious Bastards, the way they, they punish Nazis is by that they'll let them go, but they'll engrave like a swastika on on the forehead so that they can never hide what they were. Well, this lady turned up basically with the, a swastika on her forehead, and my brother, who is also Jewish, is like, "What the fuck are you doing with a swastika on your forehead?" Anyway, it turns out it was quite innocent. She had just gone to a, a festival. It was a Hindu festival, I believe, where that was a symbol of their culture and religion. And she had gone from that festival straight to work, uh, just presumably just walking around the streets of Adelaide uh, with a swastika on her forehead, unaware of the message that she was conveying to the people around her. So I guess if anyone was is listening in Adelaide and, and you see a lady with a swastika on the forehead, just before you, you really you know uh, rip into her, just check, hey, mate, uh, is that a Hindu thing or are you a Nazi? Just, and usually you can, you can spot the difference if it's a... If it's a small Indian lady, probably not a Nazi. Uh, if it's a, a, a white guy on steroids, probably a Nazi. So, But you can always check and just ask the question. My point being is that it's sometimes hard to, to differentiate between 
the use of these symbols and also potentially the salute as well. I will add this to the whole transphobic rally stuff. I, I think that as soon as the Nazis turn up and they're on your side, you got to start questioning what you're doing because... I mean, I, I can understand why some people might be concerned, for example, about oh, transgender women competing in women's sports. Maybe they have an unfair advantage in some circumstances. And I can understand that. But as soon as the Nazis agree with you, then you've got to be thinking, oh, maybe this is not the right side of history. So... To be honest, the Nazis turning up has probably done more to delegitimize this turf transphobic movement than anything else. So I guess if you you hate that movement, you gotta thank the Nazis for exposing the deep bigotry that's kind of hidden underneath it all. A lot of protests happening at the moment. The the Christians are out and about. So the Christians have been riled up for, for a couple of weeks now. They're, they're not happy about jokes so jokes about christianity you can't do them anymore jokes about christians jokes about jesus bad don't do them um certainly don't go watch my special on youtube don't do that uh because you'll be upset and offended certainly don't go watch my first special on amazon prime where i um joke about nailing jesus to a cross and point out that if he came back, I'd probably nail him again to the cross to get a five-day weekend. Don't do that because you'll be very upset if you if you see those jokes. And I would hate for someone to clip up those jokes, put them on the internet, have it go viral, have a lot of people get upset at me, and as a result, I sell 10,000 more tickets to my comedy shows this, this year. I would hate that. Don't do it. It would be bad. It would be bad. But the Christians are out and about. They're not happy. They're protesting everywhere. The, the Christian Lives Matter movement is protesting. Bit of a derivative name, Christian Lives Matter. Obviously, a, a, pl- a take on the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. I would love it if someone turned up to the Christian Lives Matter protest with a sign that said, all religions matter. Just to see how they would take that they'd be like yeah but no we're, we're, we're christian ones is the ones that we're worried about because we're the ones you know kind of being targeted and then they would be like no but like you know there's all lots of religions that are being targeted so it's all important that religion and anyway, it would just really kind of give them the shits and confuse them so if you want to turn up at a rally and, and really annoy them turn up with the all religions matter sign the reason why i bring it up is because my brother just sent me this photograph of a christian a protester walking down the streets of Adelaide. This was like 10 minutes before I recorded this podcast. I was like, I've got to, I've got to talk about this. So here's a bloke who is marching down what looks like Rundle Moor, which is the main street in Adelaide. And he's got a big sign. And it's, if you remember the Israel Folau post on the socials a couple of years ago, it, it's kind of like that post, but now in big sign form. And he's added to it. So if you remember the Israel Folau post, it was like, hey, um, if you do the following things, you're going to go to hell. It was like adulterers, gamblers, and then it had gay people as well. And that was the part that, you know, really upset people. 
Well, this guy has decided to march around Adelaide with a sign that adds to the list of sinners. So, this is what the sign says. Warning, sinners will burn in hell. And he's added a bit of like clip art to the word hell, to add some fire emoji to that, which I think is, is nice. And then it says this, sins leading to death. So these are sins leading to death. This is, these are the worst of the worst sins, okay? Starts off with premarital sex. I mean, I wouldn't lead with premarital sex as my number one sin. What about murder? In fact, I'm looking at the, the list of sins he's got up here. He doesn't have murder on the list. I'll, I'll go through them more quickly. So it opens with premarital sex, abortion, classic. Christians don't like abortion. Then it says immodest dress. Immodest dress. I presume that is just meant to apply to women because these people are inherently sexist. But does that apply to men as well? I mean, some of these Nazis were walking around in sleeveless. Is that immodest? Guns out, suns out, guns out. Can you not do suns out, guns out in Christianity? The next sin is, I don't, I'm trying to work out this sin. Anyone has any insight into the next sin, let me know. This next sin is called worldliness. Worldliness. So apparently if you're worldly, you go to hell, which is, I've been to Japan. Fuck. The next one's uh, feminism, porn, adultery, love of money. Is that just fucking your anti-Semitic targeting the Jewish shit? Fuck you. Stealing. Drugs, drunkenness, and now this one is crazy. Potty mouth. Potty mouth is a sin that gets you to hell these days. Potty mouth. How is that as bad as abortion? In the Christian, I'm not saying abortion is bad, but like if you're a Christian and you think abortion is bad and wrong, how can you think that also potty mouth is equally bad and gets you to hell what if your friend says to you hey i just got an abortion and then you go that's fucked in the christian mind those two things are equal you're both going to hell you're both going to hell for that i think you'd be pretty stiff to to be in hell because you you dropped an f-bomb then it goes on to say unbelief, idol, worship, hatred of God and holiness. And then finally, homosexuality and sodomy. I've, I mean, that, those are the last ones on the list, homosexuality and sodomy. And I got to say, when you start reading the list, you're like, I know that's the one you, you want to get to. Like, I know that's the whole reason you made the sign is because you want to say homosexuality is a sin. But you know, oh, if I put that at the top of the list, everyone's going to think I'm homophobic. So you're like, oh, I'll just kind of like put it at the end so that it's kind of like, you know, couched at the end of all these other things. I'm not homophobic. I hate everyone equally. And then this guy says, turn from sin, obey Jesus. And he's marching around the streets with his big sign. You know what? <sighs> as much as this guy's a dumb cunt, you got to respect a person who just puts their beliefs out there on a sign and says, you know what? Judge me for what I am. You got to respect that because, you know, these transphobes out on parliament steps, they're not being honest about their views because they're coming out and saying, oh, we're here to protect women. We got to protect women's spaces. We've got to make sure 
that women are safe. They don't give a fuck about protecting women. Because if you really gave a shit about protecting women, you'd be like, hey, we should put... Like, you would care about the rights of domestic violence, the rights of sexual assault. If you cared about protecting women, you'd be like, hey, we're going to try and raise money for for women's shelters, for example. So they've got somewhere to go when they are fleeing a, a violent partner. But they don't give a fuck about protecting women. They're hiding that behind this hatred of transgender people because they just don't understand it and they find it threatening to their to their position in the social hierarchy. So I respect this guy more than the transphobic people on the steps of Parliament House. This guy is at least coming out and saying, hey, I hate all these people. All these people are bad. You're all going to burn in hell. At least this dude is being honest about his beliefs. So kudos to him. Um, and I guess I'll see you all in hell. I'll see all the adulterers and um, homosexuals in hell. I've committed so many of these sins, by the way. I'm just trying to... Uh, let's let's tick them off. And I'll, if you're listening at home, let's see if you've violated any of these uh, sins that will lead you to hell as well. So... Uh, these so premarital sex. I've done that. Sorry, uh, abortion. Never done an abortion. Would if given the opportunity, but no, never, never done an abortion. Uh, immodest dress. I've walked around without a shirt, so that's uh, that's two. Worldliness. I've travel. Yes. Feminism. I, I identify as a feminist in that I support equality for women. So I guess that's that's another sin for me. Porn. I've never done porn. Is consuming porn? Is that what he refers to? I have consumed porn. Sorry. Uh, adultery. Not a, haven't done adultery. Take that. Take that, Christians. Haven't done adultery. Love of money. Ugh. Do I love money? Actually, don't. I mean, I actually don't think I love money. Just because, like, I've pursued a career in comedy, so it's pretty clear I don't love money. If I love money, I, you know, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I'd be on a yacht because I work at Goldman Sachs. So I don't think I love money. Stealing, I don't think I steal. I don't think I've ever stolen anything. Oh, sometimes I steal from the supermarket. Fair enough. Okay, I've done that one. Drugs, I've, I had a weed brownie in Amsterdam years ago. Is that, it was legal there. Does that count? Okay, I've done drugs. Uh, drunkenness, I have been drunk. It's potty mouth, I swear a lot. Unbelief, in God, I don't believe in God. Idol worship. I haven't worshipped an idol. Does Adam Goods count as an idol? And Lance Franklin. I've worshipped some footballers. So maybe that that's against me. Hatred of God. I don't hate God. I just don't think he exists. That doesn't mean I hate him though. I, I don't hate Santa Claus either. I just don't think he exists. So I don't hate God. Uh, homosexuality and sodomy. Never... Never been gay. Never done sodomy. I've actually got a new bit in my show this year about how straight men don't know they're straight until they've had sex with a man and then they didn't like it and then they know that you're straight. So if you're a straight guy and you've never had sex with a man, uh, you actually can't know for certain that you're straight because uh, what if you had sex with a man once and you liked it then you all of a sudden be gay. So I guess my point is I'm not gay because I haven't had sex with a man but I'm open to the idea to find out about myself. Come to my show if you want to hear the end of that thought. So what have I, how many sins have I committed here in my life that are going to lead me to death? So premarital sex is one, 
immodest dress is two, worldliness is three, feminism and porn, five, uh, stealing from the supermarket, six, drugs, seven, drunkenness, eight, potty mouth, nine, unbelief in God is ten, uh, idol worship is eleven. I've committed eleven fatal sins, and this guy wants me to t- turn from sin, mate. I'm, I'm too steeped in sin. I can't come back from this. I think that's the problem with Christians: is that they say, "Hey, uh, we offer you salvation and atonement if you join," but I'm just looking at the raw data here: eleven deadly sins, and I'm only thirty-two years old. I just don't think God is going to forgive me. I think I might as well do the rest of them. So, any gay guys listening and you want to help me tick off homosexuality and sodomy, get in the DMs. Let's have fun while I'm here and I'll see you all in hell. Big news this week that the text for the voice to parliament has been released. We're going to have a referendum at the end of the year to see if Indigenous people should be included in the constitution uh, and have a voice to parliament established in there. So this is the text of the proposed law. It says this, this is what people will be voting on at the end of the year. A proposed law to alter the constitution to recognize the first peoples of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Do you approve this proposed alteration? I support it. I think it's great. Get it in there. Once again, a lot of people are opposing it. So the nationals have come out and said, we don't like this. We're going to be encouraging people to vote no to this. And of course, they're saying, you know, we're voting no because it's actually against the interests of Indigenous people to have this in the Constitution. And it's, it's going to violate the sovereignty of Parliament, yada, yada, yada. They, they just don't want to be honest. They don't want to walk down the street with their beliefs on their sign like this brave Christian man and just say, hey, we're kind of a bit racist. We don't really like Indigenous people. The whole idea of Indigenous people having a bit more say in politics kind of threatens our position in the hierarchy. So, vote no. Please vote no. We don't like it. We're racist. No good. Uh, white lives matter. They, they, they won't say that, but they will say all this bullshit. They'll just obfuscate as much as possible. So the Nationals have come out and said, you should vote no. Meanwhile, the Liberal Party, so Peter Dutton has come out and said, we have not yet decided our position. We're going to have a, a party room meeting in the soon in the future and we'll come out after that party room meeting. Which is, I think, Peter Dutton's way of saying, we're just going to work out what the vibe is like because we're already like, you know doing really badly in the polls. We got trounced in the last election and we know that the culture is shifting and society is shifting and young people hate us and we just kind of want to get a bit of a vibe. We just want to test the temperature of the room to see what happens with the nationals. Like They've come out and said, no, are they going to get pilloried? Are they going to get destroyed in the polls? Because if they get hit hard, then we're just going to probably maybe take a step back and maybe we'll support it. But it, it all comes down to politics for them and, and retaining their positions of power. If they come out and say vote no, they'll get trounced in the next election because they'll look like the cunts that they are. In the same way that when there was the same-sex marriage vote a few years ago and you know so many conservatives came out and said they were going to vote no and encouraged people to vote no, 
And then, of course, the plebiscite goes through and same-sex marriage does get put into legislation. And all these guys who encourage people to vote no now look like fucking assholes because they are. So I think that's Peter Dunham being like, hey, we've learned our lesson from the plebiscite where we went really hard on the vote no campaign. We're going to try and minimize the appearance of looking like a cunt on this one. So just give us a few days or weeks. We need to test the waters, see what people are saying, and then go from there. So I encourage you to vote yes. I think it's um, the right call. You know, a lot of people are saying that uh, the, the dumbest argument I've heard is that, you know, this is on the comments on the internet where people are, which is, you know, where the true dialogue takes place. People on the internet are like, you know, this is not fair to white people because all of a sudden indigenous people will have uh, a more rights uh, to white people. And to that I say, f- fair enough. They were here first. I think that maybe they should have a few extra rights just day to day because of that. If you're here first, you should just retain a bit of supremacy just from that. I think indigenous people should be allowed to cut off white people in traffic. That's my view on things because you can't win an argument. Like, you, What do you say to them? Hey, mate, this, this was my lane that you cut me off in. And they would rightly say, well, oh, cool, but this was like my land. So I'm going to keep cutting you off. That's my view on things. I encourage you to vote yes, but you know, do whatever the fuck you want. Last thing I want to talk about today is TikTok. So over in the US, they are terrified of TikTok because they, they know that it's owned by the Chinese government and they're worried that the Chinese are using it to spy on Americans and destabilize the nation. What I would say to that is, even if that's true, I think Americans are already doing a great job at destabilizing themselves. If I were China, I wouldn't even try to interfere. I'd be like, I reckon they got this. I reckon we don't have to interfere. But the Americans uh, are worried about TikTok, and so now they're having these inquiries where they're grilling the CEO of TikTok. There's great footage of a Republican senator being like, you know, you're Chinese. So if the Chinese government, you know, subpoenas you and, and instructs you to do something, you have to do it, don't you? And then he says, I'm Singaporean. And the Republican senator is like, oh, yeah, but, you know, the same thing. So that's how things are going over in the US. They're very, very scared about uh, TikTok. And you know what? If I were China, I probably would be using TikTok to distract my enemies while I'm taking over the world. Of course you would. In fact, that's almost certainly what they're doing. I think every time you see like a new trend developing on TikTok, like one of those dumb new trends, that's when China is distracting us from the shit that they're doing. So I I think that like every time there's like a new dance trend that you see just popping up everywhere. Every time you see that, China builds a new artificial island in the South China Sea. That's what happens every time you see it. Every time Megan Trainer releases a, a new song that's designed to game the TikTok algorithm and distract an entire nation, every time that happens, the Chinese 
have taken a new trade route and we didn't even notice because they we were too busy uh, doing our little dances on the TikTok. And if that's the way China achieves its supremacy, I mean, good for them. That's really clever. They found a way to keep us entertained whilst they're becoming our emperors. You know what? If that's the trade-off, if the trade-off is, hey, I've got to learn Mandarin now because the Chinese have taken our land, but, you know, I still get all this good content on TikTok, I'm laughing. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'll, I will learn Mandarin if that's what it takes. So I guess my point is America, US, Stop worrying about TikTok. Everything's going to be fine. Go back to your dancing. Maybe start learning Mandarin or Chinese. So it's easier for you to assimilate when they inevitably take over the world. That is today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you had a good time, leave a nice review on uh, whatever app you're listening on so the algorithm shows it to more people. And, oh, come see me live. Check out my special on YouTube as well. It's quite good. I think you'll enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, share, share. See you next week.